Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Luna Love of the Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. I'm your host Jordana Levine and in today's episode we're exploring the upcoming Taurus new moon and Gemini season. I mentioned it in the last episode but because we had two Aries new moons we're in this really odd astrological position where we experience a new moon while the sun is in the final degrees of in this situation Taurus and then the next day the sun shifts into the sign of Gemini kicking off Gemini season. That new moon energy just kind of scrapes through, leaving us with a potent dose of Taurus energy to round out Taurus season. Before we jump into the new moon, this is probably a good time to check in and see how you're feeling post-eclipses. You probably gathered from my tardy episode last week that I got hit with some post-eclipse season fatigue. Um, I think there were a few reasons for that. I didn't really feel all that much during eclipse season other than a lot of energy, which I think I spoke about on the podcast as well, which in itself is kind of unexpected. Then right before the eclipse, I had a pretty big truth revealed to me. I also discussed that on a podcast episode. And then, I don't know, a lot of stuff just started manifesting like super quickly from that point. And truth be told, it kind of freaked me out a bit to the point where last week my body just kind of like switched off from it all. A very Gemini thing to do, I actually talk about this when we are discussing Gemini season, but it's like my nervous system just went, no, no, too much. I'm going to turn off. <laughs> So I don't know if anyone else experienced that, but I think it's a really important point to make on this podcast. When we're working with energy, specifically the moon, but you know, all of the planets and more importantly, karmic eclipses, sometimes the stuff we've been working really hard to manifest shows up and well, we don't really know what to do with it. This happened to me last week. I realize I'm being kind of cryptic, but you get the point, right? It's like something I'd been working on for a really long time, came in super fast with the eclipse, and I didn't know what to do with it, right? It's like my nervous system just shut down. There's work to be done, I think, for me, um, but I would say for most of us, around feeling worthy when the thing you've been manifesting shows up, being feeling worthy of it. 
my reaction this week was, this isn't real, this is going to unravel, this is too good to be true. And that is all my shit, right? So what the eclipse also showed me was some inner work that still needs to be done. So all that to say, what reflections do you have in regard to the eclipse season? Did transformation take place? Was there a karmic acceleration? Did your intentions manifest? What did you learn? What was illuminated? Yeah, these are all things you could journal on. This Taurus new moon is not an eclipse. We get one more eclipse on the Scorpio Taurus nodal axis, and that's happening in October. But for now, we're just back to regular programming. The Taurus new moon will take place on Saturday, May 20 at 1.53 a.m. in Sydney, Friday, May 19 at 4.53 p.m. in London and 11.53 a.m. in New York. Thank God it's an Earth moon. Yeah, that's all I can say. After the emotional intensity of the Scorpio lunar eclipse and the fiery intensity of the airy solar eclipse, we need to stabilize find our footing, take a deep restorative inhale and a grounding exhale breath. You may remember from the Taurus season episode that Taurus is all about security, physical security, emotional security, energetic security, all of the security. (laughs) It's likely that after that chaos of eclipse season, you may need to check back in with what your sense of security looks and feels like. What do you need to stabilize to find comfort and stability? This moon can help you with that. What might be stirred in order to reach this conclusion are feelings of insecurity. So don't shy away from insecurities if they are highlighted for you. Again, The moon is always illuminating what it is we need to see within ourselves. Taurus is ruled by the planet Venus, which means it influences relationships, pleasure, love, and beauty. Don't be surprised if these themes are highlighted during this Taurus new moon. My advice is to introduce another quality into the mix. Simplicity. How can you experience pleasure in its simplest and unadulted form. Can you simplify love? Can you simplify pleasure? Can you simplify beauty? Slow down and luxuriate in the simplicity of nature, the ignition of all five senses, and the exhale of a post-eclipse new moon. All right, let's have a look at some of the ways that we can work with this Taurus new moon. Set intentions, um, but keep them super simple this month. I don't believe that intentions should ever be uh, overly convoluted, but really um, think about the simplicity of what it is you're trying to bring into your life. Short, sweet, simple is a beautiful way to set an intention. Ascendant subscribers of the podcast get access to a Taurus new moon circle and we'll be setting intentions in that circle. So if you need some help with intention setting, you might like to subscribe as an Ascendant member and you can do that through the link in the show notes of this episode. 
Another thing you might like to do to work with this new moon, no surprises here, is a little bit of a nature immersion. Going for a walk in the bush, going for a swim in the ocean, exploring a waterfall. If all of that sounds way too adventurous for you, um, I totally get it. Take off your shoes and walk on the grass. Yeah, Go and sit under a tree. Go and sit by a lake or a pond or a river. Immerse yourself in nature. The simpler, the better. The quieter, the better. And on that note, do less. This weekend, do less. I am giving you all the permission you need to veg out. If you want to lie on the couch and binge watch some shows with a bowl of popcorn, I give you permission. All right. It's been raining in Byron all week. And I've got to say, I've been making the most of the last of Taurus season being super duper cozy and lazy. And this is our last Taurus hurrah with this Taurus new moon. So make the most of it, friends. And then the last thing I'll say is listen to the physical body. Yeah, Taurus is communicating through the tangible, the material, but also the physical. And that means your body. So listen to any little niggles, any little pains, any little vibrations within the body. They have messages for you and they're communicating. Jupiter has moved into Taurus uh, by the time you're listening to this. It moved on Wednesday, the 17th, um, and it's going to be impacting this new moon. Of course, you know, they're in the same sign. I speak about what it means to have Jupiter in Taurus in this week's subscriber bonus episode, and you can listen to that as a moon or an ascendant member for as little as $8 a month. If you want to become a subscriber, all you need to do is click the link in the show notes of this episode. All right, my loves, the very next day we begin Gemini season. It takes place from May 21st until the 22nd of June. When we think of Gemini, um, most of us go straight to communication. In fact, I've done countless readings for Geminis who worry that they were not bestowed the gift of communicating that they believe that Geminis are meant to innately possess. And while it's not incorrect to say that Gemini has a knack for communication, it's more accurate to say that they have an unrivaled sense of perception. That is the way the world communicates with us. Gemini is born to perceive Observe, listen, speak, gesture, absorb, curate, analyze, yeah? All the different ways that we perceive. Gemini is often thought of as the thinker, the intelligent cerebral analyst, but in fact, they are the witness. They wish to see everything. They're gathering all of the clues, ensuring that they see all sides at all times. And it is this incredible perception that gives Gemini many of the qualities that we associate with the sign of the twins. Geminis are social. This is less about living la vida loca and more about being able to gather information from conversations, learned experiences, the ambience of a room. As an air sign, Geminis process everything through the mind. And because they're so perceptive, 
they're picking up on the joke and the witty one-liner at lightning speed. They're also adaptable and versatile. Again, this comes down to perception. They can adapt to their environment based on the information they pick up about what's required of them. Geminis are curious. In fact, this is the ultimate Gemini resource. Curiosity is their driving force and it's what grants them that sense of vitality and the life of the party label. So much to see, so much to know, so much to learn, so much to perceive. Geminis are intelligent because of all of the aforementioned qualities. Curiosity, vitality, wit, all combined to build a bank of information. Connecting dots, drawing parallels, noting discrepancies, solving problems. No sign has a quicker mind. And then lastly, I think one of the other things we sort of know classically about Geminis is that they're chatty. Yeah, they're talkative. Again, this comes back to curiosity and probing other people's minds to add to their bank of information. Information is gold to Gemini, the most precious commodity there is. They want to absorb it, process it, and then broadcast it back out. And a lot of the time, this comes through conversation. The twins are not signs of a split personality. And I think it's important to make that note because that's another thing that's said about Geminis a lot. Rather, they are a representation of the polarity, two sides of one whole, and more specifically, two sides of the self. Not good and evil, as some would have you believe, but rather our human selves and our soul selves, the tangible and the intangible, the intellectual and the spiritual. The twins are essentially trying to understand each other. And they do this by witnessing, conversing, listening, reading each other, attempting to understand the other's perspective. No detail is too small. No gesture goes unnoticed. No trail is too meaningless or cold. Gemini sees it all, then deciphers it, picks it apart and puts it back together. With all of this perception, there are, of course, shadow qualities that arise. You see, Gemini is so adaptable, so perceptive, that if it's faced with a truth that does not fit its interpretation of data, well, then the Gemini mind can just reconstruct the information. I do this. It's not even really a conscious decision. My mind just starts weaving a more convenient truth. And it's not always a convenient truth. It's the truth I want to believe, right? As a child, this manifested at being very good at telling tall tales or perhaps storytelling is a better way to put it. As an adult, my Mars in Scorpio won't let me lie, will not let dishonesty creep in. But I do find myself weaving narratives to suit my perception of a situation, And this is more of an internal process rather than me weaving narratives with other people. I have to be very mindful of this. As you can imagine, with all of this constant mind chatter and buzz, Geminis really have to be conscious of their nervous system. I always have this visual with Gemini of a desktop with all of the tabs open on your browser. Each page is full of valuable information. There's an endless well of information to absorb process and then disseminate back out into the world. 
it's enough to short circuit. So it's important that this tension for Gemini is relieved in some way. Sharing the information, quietly talking with a loved one, varying activities so one does not get bored. Yeah, another Gemini quality. So bored. The mind needs to be stimulated and activated at all times. But it's also really important that Gemini learns to switch off and find things that nourish the nervous system. That is a Gemini non-negotiable and it took me a really long time to catch on. So whether we are Gemini or not, what can we learn from Gemini season? How can we evolve through the teachings of this sign? First and foremost, embrace all sides of the self. Yeah, of yourself. Absolutely. But also of other people and situations. I do this innately as a Gemini. I don't even have to really think about it, but it's been a very helpful tool in this lifetime. I <laughs> I often explain to Geminis in a reading a story of when I was a kid, whenever I was watching Disney movies, any movie really, but I guess I was watching Disney mostly as a child, I could always connect with the villain. I could always see something in the villain understand the motives of the villain now not over the protagonist I could also understand the motives of the protagonist or the hero in the tale but I could still very much understand the side of the villain and it often put me in a precarious situation because I couldn't understand with such a juvenile mind why I could see both sides very very Gemini quality right? If you are in an argument with me, it's an interesting place to be because I will argue my point, but then I'll also absolutely understand your point and might even change tact halfway through. Geminis make great lawyers because they uh, can see all sides, no matter what side they're arguing. The next thing we can learn from Gemini is think fresh air, sparkling conversation and a little frivolity. It's actually quite interesting being an Australian Gemini because you see, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, the sun is shining in Gemini season. Yeah, we're sort of moving into the summer months. We're going out for rooftop drinks, engaging with strangers, choosing social interaction over home isolation. In Australia, in the Southern Hemisphere, it's getting chilly. Yeah, we're bunkering down. We're losing some of the essence of the season. So maybe buy yourself a winter coat and get out there. Get amongst it. Form connections. What's most important with all of this is bringing a lightheartedness to the situation. Yeah, a lot of the time Gemini kind of gets labeled as the as the jokester, you know, like can't keep a joke to themselves. The essence of that is, yes, their quick mind and their wit, but also the ability to bring lightness in. Yeah, lightness, frivolity. Connection is the next thing. Connect, connect, connect. Connection is key during Gemini season. Share your ideas. Find connection points with people. Get curious about what makes them tick, what lights them up, and listen, listen, listen to what they have to say. What we do need to watch out for is overthinking. Air seasons tend to make us a little more heady than usual. 
So grounding practices are really helpful. Choosing points of focus. I, as a Gemini, (laughs) it's really, really, really important that I have points of focus so that my mind doesn't get overrun with thoughts, thoughts of the past, thoughts of the future, thoughts of my to-do list. It can just really, really, really turn into uh, a fucking chaotic minefield in there. Um, So choosing points of focus. Something I've been working on lately is like a real sort of mindful exercise with my thoughts where if a thought is not serving me, um, I say to myself, distraction. Yeah. If a thought is nourishing me, if it's getting me somewhere, I say nourishing. Um, Not out loud, just to myself. (laughs) That would be weird. But, you know, I spoke about in, uh, I can't remember what book it was. I think it was Make It Happen. Yeah, it was in Make It Happen about our thoughts, thoughts that are unhelpful, you know, yelling stop just as you have them. And when I say yelling, I mean internally. And it might seem like a really sort of nothing process, but over time, if you can catch those thoughts and let them go, it actually starts to change the way that you're thinking. So for me, yeah, it's yelling, distracting thoughts um, and also doing mindfulness meditation every morning. Really, really, really important for me. So I don't know if that's speaking to other Geminis or air heavy charts or, you know, we, we all might get a little taste of this during Gemini season. All right, my loves, that's your episode. Uh, don't forget next week we've got the Embodying Your Natal Chart workshop. Uh, absolutely cannot wait for that. It's a way to really understand how to practically apply your sun, moon and rising sign. And of course, you get the ebook that I've been banging on about um, that's full of information about all of the signs, all of the houses, all of the planets. Um, That's going to be really, really, really valuable. Natal chart readings um, are officially booked out in July. So if you kind of slept on that and you're like, July is too far away, I'm not going to book in. Well, now we're looking at August. So I just have to urge you, look, I am the person who will not make an appointment unless it's the week I want to have it. But I'm telling you now, August is going to roll around really fast and you're going to be so grateful that you have that spot. So if you are interested in a natal chart reading or any of my other readings, we can do a transits and progression reading, a love patterns reading. You can just ask me a question then make sure you book yourself in. There's a link for that in the show notes of this episode, or you can head to jordanalevine.com forward slash readings. All right, my loves, I will be back next week with an interview episode, and then we're going to have a Sagittarius full moon. My God, you know, it's so funny doing this podcast because of course time moves regardless of whether you're watching it or not. But when you have to write episodes for the seasons and for each moon, it rolls around so fast. Like I cannot believe we're in Gemini season when we were just celebrating Aries season, you know, a couple of months ago. It's crazy. Anyway, it's been a pleasure as always. I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 